Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hello, this is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast. My guest today is uh, Alex Smirnoff. He's the founder of uh, Dialogue. The website is dialogue.co. So Alex, uh, thanks for coming. And if you could, uh, just let me know what's the premise of Dialogue? What's the company about? Sure, uh, sure. Uh, so uh, thank you for having me. Uh, so Dialogue, uh, we've, uh, uh, we've started Dialogue about uh, two and a half years ago with um, the premise that... Um, that we believe that everybody should have um, access to a great healthcare, and um, we we observed that that's simply not the case at the moment. Um, we're based in Montreal, so we we started looking at the Canadian market, uh, and um, back then um, it was um, it was a, a a pretty green field uh, of opportunity in terms of um, in terms of integrating technology, especially consumer-facing or patient-facing technology, um, uh, and to really solve that uh, problem of access to great healthcare. So that that was the fundamental promise, and it's uh, we're, we're still we're still working at it. We we still think that uh, everybody deserves access to great healthcare. So what? All right. So what is uh, the current level of access for most people and what is great great healthcare in comparison sure so if you look at um, uh, at uh, Canadian provinces uh, it's um, it's certainly a de- uh, you know Canada is a developed country but uh, um, unfortunately uh, you can't really claim that uh, that great healthcare is accessible if uh, if it takes you um, uh, more than uh, more than a couple of days to see uh, to see a doctor. If it takes you uh, hours and hours uh, of wait time at a clinic, you know, sitting in the waiting room uh, to to see a doctor, and if it takes you uh, weeks and weeks uh, to see a specialist, um, so so it's hard to to call that system you know, accessible. So we we think that the um, the, the opportunity yeah, is, no, is really uh, well, it's it's hard to call this system accessible. So, what else are you seeing in the healthcare system that needs to be changed and altered and improved? Well, another observation that we made is um, uh, is that many industries were affected by uh, by the uh, by the technology, by consumer technology, the transportation, you know, with Uber or or hospitality with Airbnb. But um, we haven't seen this. Um, this kind of transition from physical first to digital first in um, in primary healthcare, and uh, and we were convinced that that's um, that's really just a question of time, and this will happen, and indeed it is happening. We we're witnessing a transition from from physical first to digital first uh, in um, in uh, uh, primary uh, healthcare and the delivery of healthcare services to to people, and so um, so. For that to work, of course, you have to kind of think about uh, technology uh, in the way that uh, consumer internet services think about technology, not um, not in the way that hospitals think about technology. And so you need to design the experiences um, a lot like uh, like um, 
you know, an Uber or Airbnb with design experiences, and, uh, and maybe less uh, like like a hospital with design experiences. So more uh, more people centric, more patient centric, and you know how it's called in the in healthcare industry, um, and um, uh, and really more modern and, and really using using the latest technology, uh, obviously um, you know mobile first and uh, uh, using things like uh, conversational experience and video. And so that's that's what we've been doing um, since. Uh, so what are what are uh, what are some examples of that? What what are some examples of technology first, and you know what have you found to be useful versus superfluous? You know, because not all technology, I'm sure, is helpful. Sure. So um, so if you if you think about uh, just this initial experience that uh, that people get when uh, when they get sick, they they don't feel well. Um, they're uh, they're going through um, through this kind of fairly standard triage and then care navigation. So so you're probably first um, start by by waiting in a in a, a walking clinic, uh, then um, then getting uh, getting to a triage uh, conversation, perhaps with a nurse uh, triage nurse. Um, perhaps then then you you're gonna wait some more to see uh, to see a doctor. Uh, from that point on, uh, it's uh, with the doctor. You have perhaps a conversation that it, that could be happening online, but it actually happen, uh, happens, you know, in the doctor's office, uh, you know, for, mainly for traditional, re, uh, you know, purposes <laughs> or uh, for traditional reasons, not not because it's uh, absolutely necessary to to be physically, you know, present in the same space, and so. Uh, so if you rethink that experience um, and and ask the question how would you how would you achieve the same uh, end result um, of treating that patient if you had connectivity to um, to an always available uh, virtual care team staffed with um, nurses nurse practitioners uh, generalists specialists all available um, you know from from your phone. And so that's uh, if you if you contrast those two realities, you can uh, I'm sure you can imagine the, the the conversational experience of triage, where um, where where you get triaged, you know, via via uh, text messaging or you know messaging uh, UI, uh, and uh, jump into live video, just like FaceTime or or WhatsApp video, um, and uh, and so a lot can be done through this uh, through this modality. And so that's that's what we uh, we've been building, and uh, and currently this is what we have on the market and and growing across Canada. Is this going to be for hospitals, or is it going to be for doctors treating their patients, or both? Right. So um, so it's interesting. Uh, yeah, a lot of uh, in a lot of cases, uh, a lot of people have great ideas around uh, new healthcare services and and generally better um, solutions, but um, you have to make a business. Like you, you have to actually earn your right to scale and, and grow. And uh, in uh, in healthcare space, uh, especially in uh, in uh, countries with um, socialized medicine where there's a single care system, it's um, it's tricky to find the business model. So what we've done is um, we've uh, um, we're offering this telemedicine service as a corporate benefit. So we are actually selling not to directly to consumers, but we, we're selling to companies, and uh, uh, and so it's a we're selling it as a benefit, and then um, the company distributes that benefits across their employee base. And so 
that's um, that's what what we currently have. This is the kind of the form this um, this telemedicine solution is is taking, and uh, and so we, this is the kind of the the offering that that has a tremendous uh, traction on the market um, is um, is this you know a kind of um, packaged as a as a corporate benefit. So if I work for company X and they have this benefit. I'd be able to uh, converse, let's say, 24 hours a day or at certain times with, you know, a nurse or something or a doctor or how specialized does this get, depending on what's going on with me? Well, it's uh, uh, it's interesting. I It's it's certainly uh, you have access. You're absolutely right. So if you're working uh, uh, for a company that offers this benefit, if you're you know working for Ubisoft or or on the Alliance or Cirque du Soleil or uh, or many other companies um, that, uh, that that operate in um, uh, in Canada, um, you boot your phone. You uh, when when you or, or a member of your family, let's say a child is sick, you boot your, uh, you, you you start the, the app. You start you start chatting to a nurse. Um, perhaps uh, that nurse you know tells you. Uh, listen, you know, maybe you upload a picture of of that um, that shows the some some skin condition. Maybe you have a you have something that uh, that can use a photo. Uh, you would uh, you take a picture and um, and show that. Um, so after a very quick triage, um, generally you would be uh, either directed to um, a um, a video um, a live video conversation with a doctor or a specialist. Uh, depending on the condition you have, or if uh, if required, um, we're going to find you the the right next step, or the right uh, right next uh, kind of um, step in your your um, care journey. Perhaps that would mean finding um, a, a lab somewhere where you where you need to go to to get a blood work done. Uh, so this is also included in um, in a in a scope of of what we're offering. So what we call care navigation. Uh, and uh, and so, what gets in the way of of offering this? Why is it? I mean, why would I go to the doctor now, for instance? I still have to fill out papers, paperwork. You know what? Is it HIPAA laws that make this a very difficult thing to do? And is that why no one's doing it? Or are there other reasons? Well, I if, if there, there there's many reasons. I mean, it's a, it's certainly a, you know a cultural thing um, in. Um, uh, in in an industry like healthcare, you know, people are generally risk averse and, and kind of change averse. Uh, so there is a bit of that. Um, there is there is probably also um, uh, lack of competition, lack of choice, especially in um, uh, you know in Canada. Uh, so that there there is no forcing function uh, that uh, that drives people uh, drive people to change. Uh, and so, uh, I'm I'm not an economist, but uh, perhaps that that is uh, a one of the reasons why telemedicine is much more developed uh, in U.S. than in Canada, because of the inherent competition on that market. Um, but uh, but certainly those those could be the reasons. It's not HIPAA. It's uh, there is no um, there is no legislation. There is no uh, security practice. That uh, uh, forces doctors to uh, use the fax or, or print out the paper and put these in binders and uh, and put put these binders on shelves. Uh, in fact, the opposite is true. Um, the the systems that uh, that implement uh, good security are much more secure than these physical locations with paper 
uh, paper records. Uh, and, um, and so it's, uh, it's certainly not that. So what's, um, what are the first few, so you said like uh, an example would be if I had a skin condition and I'm working for company X, I have access and the ability to take photos of it, send it in, and I can get an answer in, in how long versus uh, having to go set an appointment and go see a doctor. How much faster and easier is this to do? Well, it's, it's a difference between minutes and days. It's, uh, it's, that, it's that easy. Like we, uh, we're currently operating what is, what is in fact the largest um, uh, clinic across Canada. Well, it's, it's easy to say because it's all virtual. So, so certainly, you know, if you look <laughs> at the volume of, uh, of people we're treating, it's more than a large hospital, um, you know, more than, than ER rooms in a large hospital. So, um, so if you're operating this, this, uh, this thing across the country, um, it essentially ends up being uh, a largest uh, you know, medical clinic. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a huge difference. Um, you know, another complaint I know doctors have is they have no time, you know, they, they do all this paperwork and they you know, have 10 minutes with each patient and then they got to run. So how does this affect the doctor's schedule? Do they, uh, are they able to see more people or, you know, are they busier than ever? And they, it, you know, the time with each person is less. So what does it look like? Well, it's interesting. If you, when you, when you speak to doctors, um, you quickly realize that they went uh, into this profession not because they love paperwork, but because they love uh, seeing patients, because they love caring for patients, because they love supporting them um, and uh, and making them get better. Nobody goes into this profession because of the paperwork. So when uh, when Dialog offers um, a doctor a position um, and that doctor understands the kind of technology we've built for uh, the care team, the, the kind of technology that they're using every day, um, they uh, they're they're really excited to see how mu- how uh, how much less of an overhead that uh, that this profession can in fact have compared to to physical world. When you have um, operational processes that use technology, um, you know, uh, on the back end. Uh, that uh, that use the right people for for the right role. When you have uh, a um, a, um, a pre-triage or a triage medical history already structured before you even see the the patient, uh, and so so you essentially um, already understand quite well uh, what that patient is uh, is complaining about. Um, you you just have, use your time to to really understand that person better and really explain the condition to them and take the time to to really support that patient and so so because of that 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 kind of technology stack that we've built not for, only for patients but also for care practitioners for for the care team uh, we're able to to really cut these the the this overhead and and kind of give those doctors their time back. Huh. So it's how much time does a doctor gain by doing this? I mean, do they see more patients yet somehow they're able to uh, you know spend less time? I mean, what's the metric? Well, we're certainly we have a number of metrics that we're running, but uh, what we observe is um, people spend more time with patients. Um, so uh, we we certainly never uh, rush the, the the care team to to go to the next patient. This is uh, this is purely their professional judgment. As to how long uh, they need to stay with the patient, uh, there there is some you know 
there are some general uh, kind of averages that uh, that you can see the, the, um, that the, uh, that we can see over time. Um, uh, generally, we can we can see how how long it takes for a certain condition, uh, but um, but that's that's just a, you know, a kind of an evolution of it. That no, we're there's no there's no pressure to get go to the next patient, but you can imagine if you cut the uh, the um, the overhead, uh, people end up spending more quality time with patients, and that's uh, that's super important. Yeah, that's great. Um, so, how many companies have this deployed, and uh, what's your rollout plan? You know, how many more companies are you going to be involved with, and how long? Uh, so, so we're we're in business for uh, so we we started a company about two and a half years ago. We, we were in market in, in about four months from then. Um, and, uh, and so we, we had, we had, a um, a couple of years of a track record. So, uh, so we see, we saw our business, um, uh, triple in, in the first year and we hopefully, you know, we we're, we're working really hard to, um, to continue uh, growing fast. Um, hundreds and uh, hundreds of, um, of companies, large and small, uh, we started with smaller companies. Uh, over time, uh, larger companies realized that it's um, it's a really meaningful benefit to add uh, to their benefits portfolio, um, and uh, and so we're um, uh, we're go- getting into larger and larger companies. Uh, so so we uh, it, it's um it's been uh, it, uh, yeah. It, I think that that trend is going to continue. If you look at the overall market um, and the the prevalence of telemedicine as as a modality um, across Canada, it's still you know a tiny minority of all consults that could be done digitally are done digitally. So um, so I expect this this trend to to go on um, uh, for uh, for foreseeable future. Uh, we're we're really at the very beginning of this massive transition from physical first to digital first healthcare. What's the reaction you get from uh, you know doctors and hospitals when they hear about this? Do they love it? Do they have reservations? You know, what what's the typical reaction? Well, a, a typical reaction is a uh, it's first a, a surprise of uh, why this idea hasn't 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 been implemented earlier. <laughs> so. Uh, it it is a, a very very simple idea to understand, uh, and uh, and people kind of relate to it in a in an in immediate way. Um, I I actually had a little bit of a kind of a, a scare uh, a, a few few weeks ago, and I got to I got to talk to a cardiologist in a in a hospital, um, and um, and I I told her that hey I'm I'm actually um, working uh, at a at a company that offers this telemedicine service. Um, mm. It took me it took me a few seconds to to kind of explain what we do, uh, and then the first thing she said is, um, "Well, you know, I'm I live on the other side of the of the city, and I have to um, I have to commute to this hospital every day, and I'm sick and tired of doing this. Uh, can I work from home?" And I'm like, "Of course you can work from home. But most people work from home." Yeah, but can you can you help me with my heart problem first? <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but... yeah, well. <laughs> no, no, it was it was, uh, it was yes, actually. Yes, you had to see the humor in this, I guess, too. You know. <laughs> no, it was uh, it was nothing. Uh, but uh, but I good, did uh, I did use uh, I, I did use dialogue to to kind of uh, test the experience. So so that that was that was interesting. Um, so uh, so so that's the 
people really appreciate the flexibility that this this kind of system affords them. Uh, think of a new mom who is um, who uh, who would like to get back to work, but cannot sustain the the hospital scheduling. Yeah. How is yeah. like how is it you know how would she be able to do this? Well, we offer full flexibility for them of of uh, structuring their shifts, uh, and uh, and we manage the coverage across Canada, across licenses, you know, across provinces, and in uh, with necessary licenses across specialties, etc. And uh, yeah, I totally that, agree. That it's, level a, of it's a great thing. What um, is this open to individuals in Canada? Can they sign up for it as a service, or do they have to go? Do they have to be part of a company or of a certain hospital or something? So we've decided from from day one when we when we started the company that the first uh, the first go to market strategy for us is going to be uh, going to B two B or B two B to C. So um, so selling to companies as a as a corporate benefit. Um, I, it's important to uh, especially in Canada and in other countries where there's socialized medicine as it is available. It's important to to be a good partner to that uh, uh, to, uh, to a uh, government operated um, uh, healthcare system, and uh, uh, having and there there is tremendous opportunities to become a good partner and uh, uh, as opposed to competing or entering in conflict with uh, with kind of the spirit of um, um, of the um, of the of the socialized uh, you know, uh, Healthcare system, and so hmm. so to us, we we thought that it would be uh, it, it would be more appropriate to really focus on um, on uh, providing uh, this this service as a as a corporate benefit, uh, just like health insurance or private health insurance um, is being provided you know across Canada. That's a it's a standard thing, and so so currently we're not um, we're not available directly to consumers. Um, there are some smaller companies that uh, kind of dabble in this in this uh, um, strategy of going directly to consumers. Um, you know, it it, uh, it it may or may not work. Uh, we can we certainly feel like uh, this the strategy we've picked right now allows us to grow um, very very quickly, and uh, and so that we're we're kind of we, we like that strategy so far. Well, all right. You'll be B two B, so it'll be through providers. But um, is B two B also through individual doctors' offices? And is this going to be in the well, U.S. or is it going to stay in Canada? Or what's the? You know, I mean, we want to help everybody, not just people that work for yep. a certain company or go to a hospital. What's the plan there? That's that, that's exactly right. And you you kind of uh, put your finger on on two parts of that plan. Um, certainly, there is no plan for dialogue to hire every doctor on earth to provide the service that is that is not the goal um, the the goal is to uh, to enable uh, healthcare systems to provide um, this form of of, uh, of great healthcare to everybody and really to to empower this transition from physical first to digital first and so yes I mean that that means uh, perhaps equipping uh, networks of clinic uh, clinics with uh, technology that they need to provide uh, uh, these uh, uh, these telemedicine services to to their customers. Uh, that also means uh, uh, geographical expansion. Um, Canada is not the only country that um, th- that has this problem. 
there's many other countries in the world that have that problem. And we're, we're, uh, uh, we're interested in, in helping more people um, uh, through, uh, through expansion. We we haven't yet announced uh, the expansion plans, but uh, but it's certainly something that we uh, we think a lot about. Yeah, are there any, are there any um, analogous services to this in the U.S. that you know of, or other services that are coming online that would uh, work with people individually? So certainly, U.S. Uh, I would say is the most developed market for telemedicine at the moment. Uh, so when we started um, uh, two and a half years ago, it it was already a fairly vibrant market with uh, with large companies, uh, public companies. So uh, fast forward to uh, to today, um, we see telemedicine as, as absolutely a mainstream um, offering, and uh, in fact, more than half um, of um, of, uh, of U.S. population has some uh, access to uh, to telemedicine services in one way or the other, and and so. I think U.S. market essentially shows uh, how prevalent uh, and how mainstream this this modality to providing care is going to become. Um, so, mm. uh, so that's 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 in U.S. There are massive multi-billion-dollar public companies competing against each other, uh, lots of smaller ones. So, very very vibrant uh, market there, and uh, there is really no fundamental reason why. Um, why such a such a service cannot um, flourish in in other countries? Okay. Any resources for people to find out more about uh, telemedicine in the U.S. or uh, in Canada? You know, in addition I, to you uh, know your platform and others. Well, uh, I think if uh, if people are interested in in this space, um, uh, there's uh, well, it, it's um there is a American Telemedicine Association as a uh, as an as an association that groups uh, the, this industry together, so I'd encourage uh, people who are interested in it uh, going um, going to check that out. Um, uh, something similar would uh, would probably uh, take shape in in other countries as well as um, as this space matures. Uh, but uh, but certainly in the U.S., it's it's very much a leader. So um, so it's a big organization. Okay. Well, very good. Um, so again, what's the best way for people to get in touch and to find out more, and you know, to see if they'll uh, they would be able to use your service or you know work for a partner company that you're using? So I I would encourage everybody to go check out uh, dialogue.co. Uh, dialogue.co is our website, and um, and the small companies can can sign up directly online. Uh, if you have a you know. Um, uh, below 200 people, uh, to employees, uh, you can you can essentially just sign up with a credit card and get that benefit right away. Um, so that's mm. uh, that's certainly a, a possibility, um, and uh, and so it's available across Canada now. So anybody um, uh, in Canada can uh, any employer in Canada can uh, can get that. Very good. Well, Alexis, thanks for coming on the podcast, and I uh, I really appreciate your time. Of course, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Richard. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.